This is Thursday, February 22nd. Was coming to faith a difficult decision for you? Were you concerned about what Jesus might do in you and in your life? Often this is the case for people. They are attracted to Jesus. The sense there is something different about Jesus. There's hope to be found in Jesus. But they're not sure they want to follow him. To fully embrace Jesus is a radical decision that can change the foundation of your life. It does change the foundation of your life. I remember reading the story of Anne Lamont and her conversion. I shared some of her story on Sunday. She came to know about Jesus and felt that Jesus was pursuing her. But she did not want to become a Christian. She said, I was appalled. I thought about my life and my brilliant, hilarious, progressive friends. I thought about what everyone would think of me if I became a Christian, and it seemed an utterly impossible thing that simply could not be allowed to happen. That was not what her friends, just what her friends would think. Who would she become? What would following Jesus mean? Would she be losing herself, giving herself away? Now that leads us to our text for today, Mark chapter 5, verse 6 to 10. When he, that's the man with the impure spirit, saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. Now with this man, with the impure spirit, we see two contradictory positions. First, we see the man run up to Jesus. He's interested in Jesus and drawn to him. He even falls on his knees. This describes the posture of worship. This man wants to come to him. At the same time, though, he is afraid. He thinks that Jesus wants to torture him. Here is that reluctance to follow Jesus. Now, of course, this is not true. When we come to Jesus, we could be concerned about what it will mean to follow him what Jesus will do with us, or what he will do in us. But of course, Jesus wants to set this man free from the evil that is controlling him and possessing him. To see him free from the unclean spirit that has brought so much pain into his life. Now, to retrieve this man from his distressed life in the tomb, that is Jesus' mission. I think the idea that Jesus might hurt us, this is the lie of the evil one. He will tell us that God does not want good things for us. He's not gracious or loving, that he will crush us. And it is this fear that keeps some people from coming to Jesus and receiving his grace. I want to return to Anne Lamont's story. She explained what happened. She said, I never felt I had much of a choice with Jesus. He was relentless. I did not experience so much as the Jesus as the hound of heaven, the old description as it has it, but instead is the alley cat of heaven, who seemed to believe that if he just keeps showing up, I'd give him a bowl of milk. 
And of course, as soon as you do, the next thing you know, he's sleeping on your bed every night and stepping on your chest at dawn to play. I love her humor. But we can feel an inner resistance to fully following Jesus because of those lies of the evil one telling us that he'll take away our freedom or our joy. But exactly the opposite is true. In Jesus, in following Jesus, is found true freedom from evil that would shut down our lives and make us slaves. That really is what the man has become, a slave to death and to pain. He cries out in grief day and night, and he cuts himself with stones. We learned on Sunday that the project of Jesus is to destroy the works of the devil. And we might wonder, well, how does Jesus do this? Of course, we see Jesus driving out evil wherever he goes. Yet it is at the cross that his work is done. The power of evil worked to have Jesus crucified because Satan and his forces threw the worst they could at Jesus. Satan moved the crowds to call for the crucifixion of the Son of God. And no doubt Satan thought he had won when Jesus died that horrific death on the cross in shame and in disgrace. You see, like that man in the tomb, Jesus went into death. On the cross, he hung naked and broken at the mercy of the evil one. He went to this place where evil sought to destroy him so that he might bring life to me and to you. That's what Jesus did. But when Jesus rose from the grave, he made a mockery of that evil. Here's what we're told about the defeat of evil. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he, that's Jesus, made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. That's Colossians 2.15. Yes, Jesus took the worst Satan could muster, and he rose triumphantly, revealing his power. He made a joke of evil's power, showing its impotence. This victory of Jesus over sin and death and the evil one is extended to you and to me. The reason we know that Jesus will not hurt us is because he was hurt for us so that he might redeem us. We can see the lengths to which he went to save us and to bring us from darkness to light. He passed through death and faced the scandal and shame of the cross that we might be brought from the tombs to eternal life. And as a result, once you have Jesus, evil cannot inhabit you or control you. We can rest in what Jesus has fully accomplished. Let's pray. Lord God, help us to grasp the freedom we have in Jesus, that because of the cross, we need not doubt your love for us and your plans for us. Thank you for sending Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen.